make sure that you are opening up opportunities. You may find that the job that you were most excited about never comes through. So make sure that you are hedging your bets and that you have as many, I, I like to say three mm -hmm. options that you are going for simultaneously. Every epic adventure needs a treasure map and every career journey needs a purpose and strategy. So let's take this trek together. This is your career GPS. Welcome back to Your Career GPS, the podcast designed to help teens, young adults, students, new grads navigate their personal career journey. Just a reminder for all of our listeners, if you haven't already, subscribe and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Seriously, do it right now so you don't forget. And make sure that you leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram at Your Career GPS Podcast, and also follow us now on YouTube. We're so excited. We just want to make sure that we keep pushing out great content for you and that you stay updated all the time on our new content. So, you know, in working with so many students over the years, I know Cassie and I both can resonate with this a lot, and especially our guests who we're going to introduce in just a minute. You know, it never ceases to amaze us that even now in the 21st century, we get so many students that still kind of fall in this trap of sort of believing that, <clears throat> you know, it's one career for a lifetime, that you go to school, you study, you take the exams, you get the degree, and that you're going to be in that career for the rest of your life. And and obviously, we know that's just not the case. Uh, the statistics point out that uh, we're often going to change jobs four, five, six times throughout our lives um, and uh, have multiple careers and, and have careers simultaneously. And so it's okay to stay adaptable. It's okay uh, that we want to make sure that uh, new opportunities come to us and that we can navigate those winding roads sometimes. And so today's episode is about how to go about doing that and how to do it successfully. And I'm so excited. We have an amazing guest. So Cassie, can you introduce her? Yes. And I'm also so excited for today's episode. I think this winding road, it's not only okay to be on a winding road with your career, but it's common and it's natural. And I'm excited to dive into that today. So our guest today is Andrea Koppel. Andrea is the founder and CEO of the College to Career Academy, which helps college students and grad students of all ages fast track their job search and build actionable game plans to find careers they'll love. Andrea is also the host of the Apple Top 100 podcast, Time for Coffee, and founder of Time for Coffee LLC, a company with a mission to empower 1 million students to turn their degrees into careers they'll love. Today, Time for Coffee has thousands of fans in 170 plus countries. Prior to becoming an entrepreneur and podcaster, Andrea zigged and zagged her way across three different industries. She started out her professional life as a journalist, where she spent 20 years, the last 14 of them with CNN, as a foreign correspondent in Asia, and then as a diplomatic correspondent covering American foreign and domestic policy. She then pivoted from her journalism into public relations in 2008 and eventually moved into the nonprofit world, leading global affairs and policy for Mercy Corps, an international humanitarian and development organization. Andrea has a BA in political science, Asian studies, and Chinese from Middlebury College. Andrea, welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you here. 
Oh my God. I am so excited to be here, Cassie and Brad. And you're making me want to sing the song, The Long and Winding Road. (laughs) Because that's what it feels like listening to you read my bio. (laughs) I, I love it. You have such an amazing work history. And even just reading your bio before we got connected today, you know, excited to dive into all of it. But can you tell us and tell our listeners? What inspired you to do the work that you're doing now, given your work history and and everything that's kind of gone into where you are today? That is a fantastic question, because as you noted there, I didn't study career services or even human resources or coaching. So how did I get here? Well, I would say everything I have done before now has led me to where I am today and is helping me to do this work. Most recently, I would point to my work in the humanitarian and development organization, Mercy Corps, which opened my eyes to the fact that when you identify a problem, in the case of Mercy Corps, poverty, endemic poverty, in fragile, conflict-affected countries. You want to get a solution that is going to scale so that you're not just helping 500 people or 5,000 people, but ideally you're helping 500,000 people or 5 million people. And so if you rewind the clock about three and a half years ago, it hit me square in the face that there was a real problem, huge problem, among college students with regards to their level of anxiety and stress and overwhelm as they approach graduation, thinking about what they're going to do next. And Mm -hmm. for young professionals who may have started out in an industry or a job that didn't really interest them or no longer interested them? And then how do they pivot, right? So I was thinking, what is the solution that I, with my experience, could execute that would scale, that would reach hundreds of thousands, ideally more young people? And that was podcasting. Mm -hmm. I had been a journalist that felt familiar to me. I I thought, well, gosh, I know how to interview people. So I'll just interview people about what they do in their jobs and how they built their careers as a way of helping college students and young professionals learn more about what those jobs are really like beyond looking at a job description on a job board, to really hear it from that professional. And it was through the course of doing, at that point, I want to say about 80 interviews, I've now done hundreds, Mm -hmm. where I began to see the cross-cutting patterns Mm -hmm. across different industries, across different jobs. And I thought to myself, wow, why am I not hearing others talking about this and maybe I should talk about it and maybe I should coach young people 
as a way of distilling all the knowledge that I have now in my head, not just from my own career, zig and zag, but also from all of these hundreds of interviews. Yes. No, that I, I love that. And I, I, one of the things that I think is so incredibly powerful about um, your podcast is the fact that it is, it's almost a, a catalog of informational interviews in a way that you've had so such a rich diversity of people that you've interviewed over the course of time. And, and then you take your, your experiences on top of that. And it's just incredibly and powerful. You know, you get to some amazing discussions through that. And so I think one of the things that um, in, in particular I wanted to ask you about was that, you know, for, for so many young people, as you mentioned, you start seeing themes and for, for so many you know, they continue to be really, really overwhelmed by making the choice, making the appropriate mm. career choice and feeling like they're trapped into doing just one thing. And as somebody who has, you know, lived and experienced a range of different things and done them successfully, you know, what are, you know, some words of encouragement that you could pass along to them? Well, the first thing that I would say is that in my experience, your first, second, third jobs. And when I say my experience, again, from having interviewed mm -hmm. hundreds of people <laughs> and P.S. I did not start as a journalist. OK, we can get into that if you want to. But <laughs> your first, second, third jobs <clears throat> don't really matter. And so I tell the young students I coach to start anywhere that interests them and to think about it as hey, what would I like to do for a year? Maybe two. Not like capital C career, to your point, the yes. career that I might have had a generation or two ago for the rest of my life. But what do I want to start doing? Where do I think I would enjoy myself? Yeah. And the reason that I say that is because of something that I call magic, all right? And this is not the saw lady in half kind of magic that you would see in <laughs> Vegas or maybe vaudeville. Yes. But this is the magic of life. You cannot predict who you are going to meet during that first year after you graduate, over the course of your life, who is going to blow up whatever plan you had, who's going to open your eyes to other potential jobs and careers that you had never considered and P.S. that may never, that may have, um, may not have even existed yet. Mm -hmm. So just start anywhere mm -hmm. and let the magic of life happen. Mm -hmm. I love that. Absolutely love that. I was gonna say, yeah, I, I love that too. I feel like Brad and I were just like nodding so, so much as you were saying everything, <laughs> everything through that, because it's so true. And I think so often, you know, especially with the, the students that Brad and I work with and, and others as well, even just starting is the, the scariest part or picking something that you're interested in is, is hard. Um, and I know I've worked with students who kind of have multiple options that they're considering and they feel that pressure to really narrow it down. Um, but can you dive into a little bit more about 
why it can be beneficial to have multiple career options rather than just seeking like that one dream mm. job or that one role for the rest of your life. Oh my gosh. Double thumbs up, Cassie. I am all about having at least three options that you're <laughs> looking at simultaneously. And I'm going to be very blunt here. It's because shit happens. Okay? <laughs> we only have to look at what happened in 2020, right? Yeah. That was right. a major life curveball that hit all of us through the pandemic. It hit all of us at the same time, no matter where we live in the US or around the world. But the same thing happens with regards to your job search. You may put all your eggs in one basket and suddenly that industry suffers a downturn and they're not hiring anymore. So spread your options out, like put 50 on red, 50 on white and 50 on, on black. Make sure that you are opening up opportunities and see which ones come in first, which have the better opportunities. And in fact, or I should say the better offers, because you can play one against the other. And you may find that the job that you were most excited about never comes through. So make sure that you are hedging your bets and that you have as many, I, I like to say three. Mm -hmm options that you are going for simultaneously. I love that. I love the other the other thing that is making me think about is just, you know, kind of keeping this natural curiosity, you know, about let me let me see what what's underneath these rocks. Let me see what's down these particular paths here and and just be curious about it and and see what can I learn and how can I continue to grow and not necessarily be thinking you know, <laughs> light years down the road and, and thinking that I'm, I'm have to be on this path forever and ever. So, you know, I, I really, really love those, those points. So I was kind of now asking, you know, what kind of steps that current students and particularly these, you know, recent graduates who might be very, very narrow minded right now. And they're thinking that, okay, you know, I got this degree and it's going to lead to this job. What, steps maybe they can take in order to stay more adaptable in these early stages? All right. So the first thing I would say to <laughs> all students is that your major is not, and for those of you who are watching this, the tiny house <laughs> that you're going to be forced to live in for the rest uh -huh. of your life. And in <laughs> fact, it is the foundation yes. of a professional skyscraper that you're going to be building over the course of your professional journey with each new job and each new career, adding a new floor in your skyscraper. <laughs> yes. The second thing that I would say in terms of adaptability is you need to be in the driver's seat of your own professional development. If you are not getting challenged in your job, if it is becoming easy for you, it is time to grow. 
it is either time to grow in your current job or it is time to find another job that's going to challenge you or to take a course on Coursera or Udemy or General Assembly or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. because there's a fantastic book. It's called The Adaptation Advantage. It's written by Heather McGowan and Chris Shipley. And what they say is that this generation, especially Gen Z mm-hmm. and anyone, frankly, in the workforce, you are going to need to upskill every three to five years. So you have to be in the driver's seat, reaching out to your manager, to your supervisor and saying, I'd like to learn such and such or asking them, what do you what do I need to show you in order to be promoted into this role? And if they say this is the gap here and you need such and such a certificate or such and such a skill set, then you work with them and say, well, how can I get that? Is that something that the company would pay for? And if they're not, and if this is something that interests you, then my friends, take the money out of your own pocket because it's an investment in yourself and it will pay dividends down the line. Mm -hmm. So great. I I think upskilling is so important and probably something that we're not talking about enough on college campuses. Um, But there are so many free resources available too, you know, with some of the courses that you listed and a lot of some college campuses have access to Coursera for their students for free. Um, LinkedIn learning, like there's so many great ways to to upskill and to continue learning and growing and I would also just give a quick shout out to any college students or recent grads like you can start doing that now. You don't have to wait until you're in a career to show an employer how you are gaining new skills and taking that initiative to to do that. One other thing that I might add, Cassie, as well, is that I, you know, in working with so many college students here recently, I have been hearing story after story about the frustrations right now in their job search and You know, one of the things that I'm highly promoting a lot is the exact same thing that Andrea was talking about there, which is if you are unemployed for a period of time, how can you communicate how you're continuing to grow, how you're taking ownership as, as I, you know, love how she's laying on the analogies of being in the driver's seat. How are you being in the driver's seat of your own learning and how are you continuing to grow during that time where maybe you're not employed? So this applies during that interim time where you're job searching as well. A hundred, a hundred percent. And I think for anyone kind of regardless of what the situation is, it's showing, you know, a new skill or certification, whatever that tangible thing is, but also thinking about some of those other skills that it's showing that you can take initiative and manage your time and do these other things um, as well, which I think is so important in any job search, yeah. internship search. I'm so sorry. I was just going to say, I know I remembered another gem from the Adaptation Advantage, and that was uh, Cooper. PwC survey that they do annually yeah. of CEOs around the world. And oh, they, nice. this one that they did in 2019, so a full year before the pandemic, they asked CEOs, I believe 1,700 CEOs all around the world, basically what kept them up at night. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest 
concerns for them was not around hard skills. <laughs> it was around adaptation, the ability of their workforce to adapt. Can you imagine how they are feeling post-pandemic? I mean, we're not, unfortunately, completely out of it, but since the pandemic. So you 100% need to be prepared, all of you who are still in school right now, to keep learning. Mm-hmm. It is not the case when you walk across the stage and grab your diploma that, you know, few, thank goodness, that's over with. No more studying. Unfortunately, the studying, I like to think fortunately, the studying, the learning, the growing, the adaptation will continue and must continue for the rest of your professional life. But I find that exciting. I think it's boring to be in a job where it comes easily to you and you're not growing anymore. The good news is you don't have to worry about grades. All right. You don't have to worry about your GPA. You just have to worry about whether in (laughs) fact you are really learning the big takeaways from whatever you're studying. Such great advice. Uh, everyone, like, listen to that again. Write that down. <laughs> Such great advice. And Absolutely. Yeah. And, Andrea, you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier and, and just again now that, you know, you've pivoted through your career. You know, you're constantly learning. One career sounds a little boring and that type of thing. What do you think, in addition to those things, has really helped you to have multiple successful careers throughout your life so far? So let me answer it this way, Cassie, by saying I haven't been successful every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after I left journalism, after 20 years, it was because my then employer, CNN, the new president of CNN, wasn't a fan of mine. They didn't renew my contract. Another way of putting it, I was fired after 14 years of being with them. So I pivoted into a completely different industry, public relations. And I let my ego get in the way because I felt that I had seniority and that I shouldn't start at a mid-level. I wanted to have a C-suite job. So I made sure that the job that I took offered me the title of senior vice president, head of communications. Mm-hmm. Now, I had never done PR before. They knew that. But the bigger thing was that I had actually never managed a team before. I had never run a meeting before. A year and nine months after I was hired, they fired me. Now, I used to feel embarrassed about that. And I used to say, oh, my God, what is there, like a dark cloud that's hovering over me? But the truth is, I give myself kudos because I think to your question, Cassie, I am fearless. Maybe I, you know, I'm not saying that I'm I have nerves of steel, but I am not afraid to fail. And I went in there. I was like on the super duper high dive and I did a belly (laughs) flop. Okay. Ow, it hurt. Right. But then the stinging went away 
And I found a job like super fast. I, I interviewed and got a job super fast. It wasn't my first choice job at all. It was a job. I took it because I needed to pay the bills and I used it as a stepping stone to another organization that I knew I was going to love. And I only stayed in that interim job for a year. So I would say resilience, fearlessness. I have a curious mind. I have a lot of energy and enthusiasm and I have a lot of interests. And I would say those soft skills, in addition to my having been a communicator for so many years and writing and, and some of those hard skills have really served me well over the years. You know, I think that's such a powerful, powerful story. And I really hope our listeners got a lot from that because I really did. And I think, as you said, it's it's fearlessness. It's it's the risk taking. It's putting yourself in the position to fail. And I guess, depending on how you define failure, you could say things didn't work out the way that you had planned. But, uh, you know, the the learning that came from that and what you were able to do in terms of how you springboarded off of that, yeah. you know, was just incredible. And it was such a great opportunity for you to learn about yourself. Oh, my gosh. And and to add to that, Brad, I would say I got paid a really good salary for a mm -hmm. year and nine months to mm -hmm. learn public relations. <laughs> I got paid instead yeah. of going to graduate school. <laughs> yes. All right. And the other thing is, I, even though it stung to get fired, it was not a fun experience. It was humiliating. I am so grateful to CNN that they didn't renew my contract. I am so grateful. I just posted about this on LinkedIn recently saying that, in fact, I had been unhappy at CNN three years before they let me go, but I had been afraid to quit because I didn't think there was anything else I could do. All right. I did not love my PR job. I would have stayed in it. I probably would have like pushed through yeah, for pushed another through. couple yeah. of years, maybe even three, three years. But when they fired me and I pivoted into the nonprofit world, that lit me up too. I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, this is amazing. And the next organization I worked for, which was also in the nonprofit world, was just like I was a pig, you know, in the proverbial, you know what? I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And so I say to our listeners and your viewers, it is all good. The journey is so you know, it is full of ups and downs, but the downs, our fails can lead us into greater opportunities. Just be open to it. Don't beat up on yourself. Keep putting one foot in front of the other and you will find your passion and your purpose and passions with an mm -hmm. S, I should say, mm -hmm. because I've had many yes. of them. Yeah. And I think, again, it's it's the fact that the, one of the consistent themes you talked about experiencing throughout 
you know, your multitude of different in- interviews that you've been able to, to conduct over the years with so many different people from so many different industries, you get a chance and opportunity to see themes. And I know throughout this podcast, we've certainly seen themes and we're only 30 episodes or 32 <laughs> episodes in. Just you we, wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it seems like so many of those consistent themes come up over and over again about, you know, you know, having this growth mindset and putting yourself in a position to fail. And I think that that's, that's really, really um, impactful. We only have uh, two last questions for you. So, um, so one of which I just wanted to ask you about was about practical um, steps for individuals who are, you know, going through a job search. You know, one of the things that uh, our work, uh, Cassie and I in working with students, is that it's so important that students customize and target their approach when applying to different types of positions, right? Um, as I like to kind of say, make the employer kind of feel like they're the only ones that you're applying to, <laughs> you know, whether or not that's the case is usually it's not the case, but, you know, we want to make them feel that's the only show in town. So with that in mind, and that tends to, you know, generally elicit a very good response with that in mind, are there ways that that students can still remain adaptable or remain flexible while applying to those jobs and still still having that targeted approach? Of course, yes. And I would say one of the one of the exercises that I have students do when they're working with me is especially for those who are stuck, overwhelmed, confused about what they want to do is to take a sheet of paper and create three columns. In the first, write down your hard skills, your technical skills. The second column, write down your soft skills, your interpersonal skills. And then the third one, write down your interests, the things that light you up. And when you pull together the hard and soft skills, and then I layer on one more thing, which is your superpower. And I will direct you to Dr. Howard Gardner and his theory of eight intelligences, because we all have superpowers that we dismiss. I want you to look at that and then say, what are the job functions that align with my skill set? That being whether it's finance, whether it's communications, whether it's project management, whether it's marketing, whatever that job function is, and then pick your top three interests, the things that you absolutely love, Mm -hmm. those align with industries. Mm -hmm. Every single one of your interests, let's say it's animals. All right, well, guess what? There is the pet food industry. There is the pet toy industry. (laughs) There are, you know, kennels. There are veterinarians. There are all these different things. And those job functions go into every single one of those subsets. Mm -hmm. So realize that you shouldn't think in a linear way about your skills. Think cross-cutting. Your skills fall into different job functions, and those are cross-cutting into infinite industries. So that is how you can remain adaptable and flexible and realize that the opportunities 
are endless. Blown, blown away thinking about that. And I feel like this is a, a question where you have already dropped so many amazing pieces of advice and practical steps for our listeners, Andrea. But I have to ask, because we ask all of our guests, um, is there a piece of career advice that you wish you had had starting out or something you wish someone had told you you know, years ago before kind of going throughout your career journey that you can share with our listeners today? So I think we have touched on this already. And the truth is that most of the Gen Z who are listening or watching this interview right now are going to actually have 17 jobs over the course of their life in four to five different industries. And what I wish I had known when I was your age is that the way that you find your passion if you don't have a passion right now, and frankly, most college students don't, I'm talking about a professional passion, mm -hmm. right? is by doing, not by following a recipe. All right. So it isn't like you are, you know, you've got your cookbook and, and it says, these are the ingredients that you need to put into a bowl and mix it up throw it into the oven at 375 and you're going to take it out your new career with a crispy crust. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is not how you find your passion. You find your passion by being a mad scientist <laughs> who's in the laboratory with the test tubes, who's throwing shit in the test tube, maybe blowing something up. That's the getting fired part. Right, right, right. <laughs> testing and iterating and trying out new things. And why do I say that? Because, my friends, each of us is a unique formula. What is a passion for me may not be a passion for Cassie or Brad or mm -hmm. your best friend or your mom or your dad. It is unique to you. And the only way for you to find it is by trying out different jobs in different industries. By zigging and zagging your way along the winding road. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I love how you, how you cap that off beautifully beautifully and and you know with with Cassie and I we have access to so many different resources that we provide for students all the time about finding great career information and i know our messages are the same you cannot experience careers in a book you know <laughs> i mean and this is exactly what you're talking about you got to live it you got to experience it you got to take chances you got to feel it you know mm -hmm. so i love it yeah. And, and I'll add to that, that, you know, I feel like a lot of students I work with have a perception that to try it, to feel it out, it has to be an internship or a job. And I just want to stress, like, volunteer work is a great way to try out industries and to gain new skills. Mm. And some of these online courses and other things that we've talked about shadowing people, like there's just a lot of options to test and try and zig and zag and, you know, get a taste. If we continue with that food <laughs> metaphor, I'm like loving all the metaphors today, but to get a little taste of it, it doesn't have to be a job that you commit to for an entire year or something, but it can be something that you, you literally just have a, have a taste. Exactly. I love that. I love that. You're just sampling. 
different yeah. jobs, mm-hmm. different opportunities through volunteer work or internships or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Awesome. Andrea, I feel like um, if anyone listening is like me, this conversation could continue for hours. And I, you know, hopefully they want to soak up so much more of the information and insight that you have. So where can they find you and follow you and continue to to get this great information from you? Absolutely. I would invite them to go to the Time for Coffee website at time the number four coffee.org. That's where they can find all the main episodes and the K-Cups, which are clips and the espresso shots and blogs that I have released to date. They can also find me on LinkedIn. Follow me to make sure that you get the daily career advice, insights, and inspiration that I drop seven days a week. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Andrea underscore Koppel, K-O-P-P-E-L, or at Time for Coffee, LLC. But I would say bottom line, go to LinkedIn and follow me. Go to Time for Coffee. Yes, and you will not be disappointed. (laughs) One of the things that uh, Andrea and I had spoken about earlier is that um, she's been way more active with producing some really, really great videos, uh, particularly on LinkedIn. So um, every day uh, coming out with some new, really, really great nuggets of wisdom. So definitely follow up with her on all of those. And her podcast is absolutely incredible. Some of the best uh, interviews and it's going to take me a while to get through all of them, but, <laughs> but one of these days I'll get through them, but she has a lot and, uh, and they're really, really impressive. So we just want to thank Andrea again for her amazing time, uh, today and, uh, being able to talk about such an important topic. And I really hope that we really broke down a lot of these misconceptions about, you know, really the way to approach careers in the very beginning, keep this growth mindset, keep the curiosity, experiment, try things, you know, take risks and fail, fail a lot, you know, that's okay. You know, you learn so much about yourself in the process. So I'm so glad that you, you know, really, really um, reinforce those messages today. It was so incredibly helpful. So we want you to stay tuned. We have some incredible episodes lined up in the pipeline, and we're going to um, keep hammering away on this topic of job search, how to really stand out in your job search, how to be effective, how to be flexible, and how to maximize your effectiveness. So stay tuned. This is your career GPS, and your journey awaits. 